Welcome to Dakota Health, a health and medicine podcast from the University of North Dakota School of Medicine and Health Sciences. I'm Kristen Peterson, along with host Brian Schill. Each episode of Dakota Health explores a specific healthcare topic with UND-based faculty, students, and staff from across North Dakota. Hello, everyone. This is Brian Schill with Dakota Health at the UND School of Medicine and Health Sciences. Our friends Grace Kakari and Grace Najal host a podcast for the North Dakota Department of Health and Human Services entitled Dakota Wellness Chats. And Grace and Grace have been kind enough to allow Dakota Health to repost some of their episodes on our platform. This week, in honor of Black History Month, we are reposting the Dakota Wellness Chat from July 2023 on minority mental health and mental health services available in North Dakota. Hello and welcome to Dakota Wellness Chats. My name is Dr. Grace Kakari. I go by Dr. G and I'm with the UND School of Medicine and Health Sciences. Hi, I am Dr. Grace Njau and I am with the North Dakota Department of Health and Human Services, um, Special Projects and Health Analytics Division. So this month is the month of July, and we are talking about National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. So we are going to have a wonderful conversation with a friend and a colleague, Miss Rosina Apia, and she's going to talk to us about mental health services and resources available in the Grand Forks area. My name is Rosina Tay Apia. I'm from Ghana, but I've been a resident in Grand Forks, North Dakota, for the past seven years. I'm a mental health therapist and I work in a private practice. Uh, I work with Level Up Mental Health Collaborative Center as, a, as their mental health therapist. And I'm also a founder for Arise Above Foundation. That is a nonprofit. And currently, I'm also a student pursuing my postgraduate certificate in marriage and family therapy. So first of all, tell us, how did you get into mental health? What was your motivation? Yeah, so when I came to North Dakota, especially like Grand Fox, I decided I wanted to go back into social work. And so I took my, my, uh, my master's program at UND. And after that, I did my intern at uh, the foster care as a human service. But after that, I started looking for jobs. And unfortunately, I wasn't really looking to go into mental health. I wanted to go to child welfare. But uh, I got a job from Northeast Human Service to go and work there as a clinician. So when I started the job, I just fell in love with it. And I'm like, hey, come on, I can, I can, this is a nice profession to go in. So basically, I would say it's the job that took me into mental health. But I, I'm just a social worker and I wanted to be in child welfare. But a job took me there. Um, so you mentioned you have been in North Dakota for about seven years. And I am curious, um, what types of conditions um, come through your office? Like, you know, what types of trends are you seeing? Uh, what type of clientele do you serve? Um, and what is the general uh, feel of the work that you're doing right now? So at Northeast, where I was like taking care of clients from severe mental health. So we call something like a co-occurrent a diagnosis. So th those are the people that have the severe mental health. So I'm, I was working with people that have mental health and then they are using substance. That, so that's where I started my mental health journey from. And then I went to the private practice where generally we do 
I take care of every client. I look like I have that practice with every client that I get coming from like those suffering from depression, anxiety, any form of mental illness. It's it's what I do with a client. But with a nonprofit, it's more of the community resources. We work with Behavior Health and Community Connect and then Free to Recovery. So with uh, Community Connect, their goal is to just help individuals that are having mental health diagnosis and even those who don't have it but are experiencing or having symptoms of any mental health illness, we are able to work with them. So Arise Above is not doing therapy, but what we do is a community connection. We create the support for the individuals, and so we link them to resources within the community. But when it gets to the private practice, then I sit in my chair and then work as a therapist. Then I do diagnosis, then I do kind of treatment plan, and then I help my client to navigate through their mental health uh, issues. So we do that kind of healing process with them in the private practice. But when I come to the nonprofit, it's more of community resources. Um, so, uh, Rosina, would you please tell us a little bit more about Level Up and um, the work that you're doing there? I think that with Level Up uh, Collaborative Center, I work as a therapist. So my work as a therapist is I see clients presenting mental health illness and most of them range from anxiety from uh, depression any ptsd and uh, any form of mental illness it's just that we, we i do the assessments and then after the assessments then we, we start a uh, therapy session so basically our session normally runs for six months and above depending on the, the improvement or the treatment goal that we set with clients so when I get a client, so let's say I have a client that's uh, having issues with anxiety, mm -hmm. then I do the, the initial assessment at the diagnostics. And then after the diagnostic with the individual, then I set a, a treatment goal with a client. So within the treatment goal, maybe it can be six months, it can be a year. And then as we go along, I mostly see clients weekly yeah. or bi-weekly. And sometimes depending on the client presenting issues some of them are not severe so when they are not severe then it's like once a month but the severe clients i see them weekly and those that are really having some kind of coping skills i see them like bi-weekly so depending on my initial assessment with the client then that would determine the duration at which we want to do the therapy session with so it's ranging from six months to a year and so basically i wouldn't be more i can't pinpoint the client base it depends on the presenting issues so when the client comes in i do the initial assessment the, the diagnostics and then i will be able to work through the client and then we develop a treatment plan then out of the treatment plan like as session goes on then when the treatment goals are met then we close that chapter and then we move on to a different treatment goals. But I'm curious as to um, what you've seen in terms of barriers to accessing services um, in the Grand Forks areas. Are there some that stand out to you? Yes, basically uh, when it comes to mental health therapy, I mm -hmm. would say we are having that slow frustration with uh, in minority and the issue is that a lot of us coming from our culture is also a barrier as uh, as seeking therapy because we feel like 
when you go and see a therapist, then that means you're sick. And so for us coming back with our culture, we believe that seeking a mental health professional or going to a therapist means that you are mentally sick. And when it comes to the word mentally sick, we, we believe that people that are really not maybe in a mental hospital, but we people don't know that even just going through uh, like a change, like adjustment, it yep. can also cause some kind of depression, anxiety, and stress. So these are the things that I, for one, think that our minority is not taking advantage of the mental health resources that is within the community because of the stigma attached to it. Yeah. So for us, yeah, we're having difficulties getting minority to assess our services. Which is really unfortunate. I do hope that at some point we get to a place where um, we almost view mental health at the same rate as we view like going to the dentist or like yeah. you know going to your other provider you know because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it feels like you know your mind is like your greatest faculty you should be able to nurture it and take care of it um, by all means necessary so what would then be your recommendation you know how do we encourage parents younger generation ourselves the minority to start assessing services I will not say that the services are available. It is our understanding to uh, mental health, that is one, and also the stigma attached to that, and again, the, the support. And lastly, I'll talk about insurance too as an, another big piece for people to assess mental health. And the reason I say that is that, you know, most of us as minority might be we might have migrated from our own country of origin, maybe from Ghana, from other places. And this would we come here and get, getting access to insurance is one big piece. And so most of them don't have insurance. And if you want to really see a therapist, you need to have an insurance before you can see a therapist. So I would say that financially, it, it is a problem for minority to seek therapy too it's because of our culture and because of stigma because let's say if i come to dr grace and say hey dr grace i'm seeing a therapist if the grace is not well endowed and well informed and know that it's not only when you're having the severe symptoms that you have to seek a therapist but, but even a change like me moving from ghana to america is a change yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it goes along with stress, depression, anxiety, because I've moved from my country of origin. I've moved from my country of culture, norms, belief, and yeah. I've come to a different country that has a different structure in terms of social structure, in terms of their belief, in terms of the, their, even food, even communication. Yeah. It, it's all kind of issues. But when we get here, we don't see that as a problem because we believe that oh we we are able to do that so it, 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 it the knowledge that we don't have is also limiting us to assess it and the stigma and again insurance insurance piece is, is also another big issue that people are facing especially with immigrants who don't have a document they are not able to see a mental health therapist because everything here is about paying you have to pay to be seen you have to be paid to to get services so i think those are the things that really affect us and when it, when we want to talk about recommendation i will say to minority parents whoever you are that mental health is something that we need to take a closer look at when you have a child at home and then the child begins to 
show some symptoms. Like let's say I have a healthy child at home. She's she's all over me. She she talks to me. She laughs with me. And like a couple of weeks, that child is isolated. The child doesn't want to eat. He doesn't want to talk to anybody. The child doesn't want to take a bath. And let's say you just migrated from Ghana to the U.S. It's the moment you see these symptoms that is not a normal pattern of your child's attitude or behavior. I will advise that we, we seek help. Go somewhere and seek help and say, hey, I've been seeing this pattern. My son is not eating. My, my child is isolated. My child doesn't want to talk to anybody. He doesn't even have the motivation to do things. And then talk to a therapist, talk to a medical person. And if they do their medical check and that child is not having any medical condition, then they will advise you, hey, do you want to see a therapist? And so that you can be able to have a diagnostic assessment to know what kind of mental illness that person might be suffering from. So I will urge that when we see a change, even within ourselves, as, as humans, as even myself, if I feel like, my level of motivation is down. I don't have the energy to do something. I don't want to talk to anybody. I feel like isolating myself. And then I have this con uh, constant thoughts coming into my mind. Or I feel like, oh, I, I'm tired. I am hopeless. I feel like there's no purpose in life. I want to give up in life. These are all symptoms telling you that something is wrong. Okay. So I, I think that we have to do self-examination periodically we have to be able to be examining ourselves and then asking ourselves the questions and a friend told me one uh, way that he does to really check his mental health he said he loves to play sports like i don't know how you call it the ps something or soccer game or something and yeah. anytime he does that he does he's a very good player i don't really have so much idea about men's sports but he said i play very well but for like two weeks Anytime I do, I go to do my soccer video game, I'm losing. I keep on losing. I keep on losing. Then I realize I know my, I'm having issues with my mental health. And so when he sat down and began to ask, ask himself, what's happening? Mm -hmm. Why am I not able to be on, on top of things? Then he realized that, oh, there was a pressing issue that was coming up. He said, oh, then it means that I'm overthinking. Oh, it's, it's because of this. So we should be having some kind of skill where we measure ourselves when we wake up in the morning we can do deep breathing and ask ourselves how do i feel mentally okay. how am I, how am i feeling how, do i feel great do i feel like i don't want to do something and if it's just one time a thing that's fine but if it's something that's repeatedly happening over a couple of maybe a week or two then i will tell you that go seek help okay. so that means that there's something that is not really working well within the brains and therefore you need to seek help. And there have been evidence-based treatments, goals that can help you rediscover yourself. So it's not something, not all mental health needs to be medicated. That is the truth. Not all mental health il illness needs to be medicated. So it's not always that we, you need to be, be following treatment plans. Sometimes you need somebody to talk to. Somewhat, sometimes you need to share. Sometimes you just want to take away some kind of burning and then that helps you. So we should, um, I will just tell minority or anybody listening to us that when you feel or you start seeing changes, you start seeing that the pattern of what you do, like your daily functioning, there is some kind of change within that. Please 
just just you can even have a therapy for just two sessions you don't need to see therapists for a whole six months a whole three months you can just go for two or three sessions and say hey i just want to talk to you about this <laughs> i recently read this quote about uh, befriending your mind um in the context was um in the sense that you know we spend a huge part of our lives like in our minds like essentially like you know when you think about any conflicts that you have or any sort of like disappointments or things that actually happen that may hinder you from a mental health perspective a lot of the time they're not happening in the outside world they're actually happening internally and yeah. so um with the idea of like you know you know seek the support or the help that you need to be able to be a friend to your mind um is just such excellent advice and so i i am a huge proponent of everything that you just talked about so that is a lot to talk about when it comes to mental health and then you know you speak from and all those things with respect to the culture differences so to me i, I would say it's a great job we we need to do more because honestly minority service yet is very bad like I don't know which words to use like we find it difficult to really assess that and until i got deeper into mental health then i got to realize that hey our childhood trauma has a lot of effect on us yeah and so to, to me i think like the way we we're brought about culture setting everything has has some kind of input in our mental health so i would love that there will be some kind of funding yeah. to support minority because people are migrating and that's one thing that we are lacking here in in North Dakota we are not looking into that people are migrating and there's a lot of struggle refugees can can seek mental health services immigrant that doesn't have insurance can seek mental health services and the issue is that when one person is not mentally okay yeah. and it gets to work there's low productivity it affects the whole family so if if I'm the mother and mentally I'm not stable Mm -hmm. the family is not is not okay right because my mental health impacts the family it's not only me but it impacts the family because it affects the role that i play in the family it affects the way i i socialize with my my children it even affects the way i even see myself right yeah. and yes yeah, so to me i think like the whole mental health thing is not should be individual but we have individualized mental health so when i'm sick and i'm being diagnosed as uh, maybe having a mental illness mm -hmm. my family don't care about me it's like yes it's rosina who has been diagnosed of depression right. but the thing that when i'm diagnosed with depression it's affecting the whole family okay. yeah so i believe that it should be a holistic approach not an individual thing but mental health should be a holistic approach as long as you have a family it should be a family issue okay so when i'm diagnosed the family should reach out and support so i believe in that holistic healing or where the family involved and and that's what we are lacking as minority because i came here and i don't have a mother i don't have a sister i'm here by myself so if i'm having any illness who is supporting me we don't have that support community we don't even have group minority group mental health groups for people to come in and say hey i want to sit with you and talk so there's a lot that we need to be done to help us. I am just so grateful that you are able to talk with us and I I'm and even more than grateful is excitement that there is someone out there doing this kind of work because um again before we talked to Hasmat I didn't not even know that we had um minority health 
uh, mental health professionals in the Grand Forks area. And yeah. we are one of the growing, I mean, the fastest growing populations in the state. And some of these cultural barriers that you talked about, um, these are challenges that we bring with us. Mm -hmm. And so we need those familiar faces who can sort of like relate to our experiences and be able to um, at least help us navigate the world that we're in now. Because um, that's, you know, we're in North Dakota, so we have to <laughs> live like North Dakotans, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, thank you so, so much once again for making time to join us. We hope to talk to you again very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Founded in 1905, the UND School of Medicine and Health Sciences is the only MD-granting institution between Minnesota and Washington State. In addition to its four-year program in medicine, the school houses degree programs in athletic training, medical laboratory science, occupational therapy, physical therapy, physician-assisted studies, and public health. It also hosts master and doctoral programs in biomedical science, clinical and translational science, and indigenous health. Since 1973, our historic Indians into Medicine program has produced hundreds of indigenous physicians, therapists, lab scientists, and other health professionals for practice in rural and underserved areas. Learn more at med.und.edu. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the University of North Dakota, the UND School of Medicine and Health Sciences, or the North Dakota University System. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this program as medical advice to be used in the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition for yourself or others. Consult your own health providers for any medical issues you may be experiencing.